Welcome to episode 71 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are simply my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Today's episode, I could add a whole lot of different titles to this. Uh, my first thought was, it's the TSSAA. Are they messing up rivalries? The second title could be, Welcome to the Outdoors. The third title could be, Ignore the Noise. And let me explain all that. We'll get into the TSSAA thing in a few minutes. Because if you've ever listened to any of my podcasts, you'll know that in the past, I've been critical of the TSSAA. And there are reasons that I'm critical of that organization that governs the sports in the state of Tennessee. And it's not that they're a bad thing. It's a necessity, the TSSAA is. But there's a lot of decisions they make that I don't totally agree with. But we'll get back to that as we go along. But the second title was Welcome to the Outdoors. Well, I decided to do something a little different today because this morning I got up early, uh, loaded up our new herbs that come out of our new greenhouse and took a few bars of soap, took them to the flea market. So I'm a little behind on what I normally do on a Tuesday, and one of those is a podcast. But also, at the same time, uh, when I got back, I had cabin guest in cabin B leave around 10 o'clock. So I'm in the process of getting it ready for the next guest to come in that are coming in tonight. So with that being said, I thought while well, the sheets are drying, and I know that sounds strange coming from me. It really does. But I'm waiting for the sheets to dry so I can make up the bed, sweep the floors, and I'm done with cabin B. But I know this sounds strange for coming from me, but what I'm decided to do while the sheets are drying, instead of walking back to the house and getting a laptop, pulling out my microphone and recording the Beating Around the Bush podcast, I decided to set out on the outside on the swing and watch the beautiful sky that I'm looking at today. Everything's greening up. And uh, I thought I'd take advantage of that. So I'm recording this off my phone, sitting on the porch swing in cabin B. So that's the second title. The third title was Ignore the Noise. And because as we go along in this today's podcast, since I'm sitting outside on the swing, you'll probably hear a rooster crow. We have five. So you may hear five roosters crow. You might hear a dog bark. You might hear a goat bleat because we uh, actually yesterday moved some of the... Um, kid goats to a separate um, part of the barn so we can start weaning them. And they'll go out to pasture here in a little while in their own pasture uh, because it's just not good. For, you know, they need to be weaned. It's just part of how biology and life works. So if you hear noises, uh, just ignore all that. So now getting back to probably the only thing I'm good at in my life. Actually, I ran across somebody at the flea market today that said something about uh, the things that I do involving sports. So you sure do love it, don't you? Huh? Well, yeah, I do. So that's what I'm going to talk about. But let's get back to the TSSAA thing, because this is something that ran through my mind uh, last night 
you know, because I'm always thinking, uh, what's, a, what's a good subject to talk about on a podcast? You know, I've kind of got into a rut, and I'll be honest with you, it's probably not a good thing all the time. They're just recapping what happened with the baseball and softball teams and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can pick up your newsletter and do that, and uh, you talk around town, and you'll find out, you know, kind of how things went. All, all you're listening for maybe is my observations. Uh, about what I've seen, because I'm at most of those games. I had a softball game yesterday, doing PA tonight for the baseball game. So I'll get to see both squads in action tonight. But I got to thinking about the TSSAA and rivalries. And in the TSSAA's defense, in a way, you can't really blame some of what I'm going to talk about on them, but in a way you can blame everything on them. And let me explain as I go. And, and what came to my mind is back a week or so ago, about a week and a half now, I guess it was on that Saturday afternoon, is actually April the 1st. So what is today? April the 12th? So 11 days ago. Hayden played McKenzie in the final game of the Diamond Club Classic Boys Baseball game. You know, we played them in football, you know, probably since the beginning of time. I think there was short period of a couple of years back in uh, late 2009, somewhere maybe in that vicinity where we didn't play them for a couple of years, and that didn't last long uh, because, to be honest with you, and, and it's the way it should be, that's a tremendous gate for both schools if you continue to play that game. And it's important still to a lot of people as to who wins and who loses when Hayden and McKenzie are playing? Girls play McKenzie softball Thursday, uh, just to uh, back up what I'm saying. But, you know, when I was out there at that baseball game, and I was doing PA that day, and I know both of McKenzie's coaches real well. They're good guys. Chris Wall, Chris Tippett, Chris Tippett, and I mean Zach Tippett, I'm sorry, Zach Tippett, and I are both big Braves fans, so we always have something to talk about when I run across them. But, I just had a, I noticed and something different. And I noticed it down at South Gibson when uh, we played McKenzie in the first game of the season in that uh, little tournament they had down at South Gibson. You know, we won both of those games against McKenzie. But th there was something missing. Uh, you know, both teams still wanted to win, but there was just, there was something missing, and I felt like that it's the rivalry, although, as I said earlier, it's still important to a lot of people uh, for, you know, bragging rights and all that kind of stuff. But I'll be honest with you, in my humble opinion, the rivalry is not what it used to be. And you would ask, why is that? Because in all honesty... Now, when we play McKenzie in basketball, when we play him in football, uh, baseball, whatever the sport may be, for the last several years now, we are not in the same district. And the only time we see them, like in basketball, boys only played them once this year because the first time we were supposed to play McKenzie, uh, they were still playing football. So they didn't have enough uh, basketball players 
So we only played them once. The girls played them twice, and that, it was a big game because those are two teams that were among the top teams in the state in their classifications. But uh, football, yeah, it, 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 it meant something, again, as far as how the fans are concerned because they want to beat the, each other, and, and it's important. But there's no region championship on the game on the line. There's no district championship on the line. All all's left is bragging rights. And is bragging rights important? Yes. But when you when you're I can remember back in the old days when we were playing McKenzie in, in basketball over at Bethel in the district tournament, and it seemed like it was this way every year, uh, almost. But our boys would be playing our boys for the district championship or our girls be playing our girls for the district championship. Some years it was both playing each other for the district championship. And it meant something. Always a good crowd, always everybody rooting and hollering and you know, it was it meant something. The game doesn't mean anything anymore. Except, hey, we beat Hayden. Or hey, we beat McKenzie. That's the only thing it means. And both teams go on to play other schools for district championships and region championships, and they forget all about uh, what happened in a regular season matchup. And that's an observation on my part. That, And I could be totally wrong. My fans could, you know, you can message me, you can see me out somewhere, you tell me what your opinion is. But I just honestly believe that the uh, rivalry between these two schools have waned. I mean, it's, it's, it's not what it used to be. And I know some of you, you know, some of you rednecks like me probably don't even understand what the word wane means, but uh, it means it's kind of, it's diminished. It's not, it's not a big a deal as it used to be. And why is that? It's TSSAA. I blame it on them. Okay, you go, well, how's that their fault? Well, it, you know, in a sense, you could say it's not their fault because we're not in the same uh, districts anymore. We're not in the same classifications. When you think about it, Hayden is not in the same classification with McKenzie. They're not in the same classification as West Carroll, Clarksburg, Brewston. And if we play any of them, it's just because we want to play each other. We hadn't played West Carroll in football, and I can't remember when. I hadn't played them in the last two years in basketball. We played Clarksburg twice this year in basketball. We don't play Brewston in anything anymore. Not even middle school football, not high school football, and not basketball, and they're only 10 miles away. West Curl's not much more than 10 miles away. Clarksburg don't have a football team, so we can't say that. We're not in the same classification. Whose fault is that? Well, you TSSAA is going to tell you that it's not their fault because classification are based on enrollment numbers. And I understand that. That is the way it's supposed to be done. You have a cutoff, and you've got to have a cutoff uh, for each classification. Okay, so Hayden's got more students than McKenzie. Not that many more. Not really. You're talking probably 50 kids. That's really right around 50 kids. That's how close we are. But we're in 2A in football. We're in 2A in basketball. And uh, baseball and softball, same way. We're, we're, we're 2A. We're playing the bigger schools. We're playing Westview and Milan and Union City, Gibson County, those 
you know, those schools, 600 kids in their school, we got 400. And in some cases, probably more than that. But that's where they've placed us because the TSSAA wants six classes in football, four classes in uh, baseball, basketball, and softball. So, with the numbers the way they are, we fall in a class that's above everybody else in the county. So, it's not TSSAA's fault, is it? Yes, it is. No, it's not, but yes, it is because six classifications in the state of Tennessee for football is ridiculous. It's too many. Four might be the appropriate number. And then you're back, you're back playing people that maybe are closer to your size or you don't tra- travel as much. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing about six classifications is the fact now that you got to travel so much. So it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, and when you come to, to foot, I mean, basketball, baseball, softball, where you got four classifications, there were at times when I, I actually kind of campaigned for that. And because in those sports, and it's just being perfectly honest, there are some schools, even in our county and schools across the state, that uh, can't compete against uh, the bigger schools. And when you, you compare, this, just for example, has nothing to do because Clarksburg beat us uh, in boys basketball this year. But most times when, when you have a school the size of Clarksburg where they're going to graduate 20 kids or 28 kids, somewhere in that neighborhood, Huntington's going to graduate 100, that's not, it's not always fair that they have to play those, those size schools. So when you got in and it watered down 1A before because, you know, the bigger schools will reign. And a good example of that, to be honest with you, and I'm being honest, I always am on this podcast, McKenzie in 1A is going to be dominant because they're a bigger school. Uh, they have a lot of tradition, have a lot of athletes. You know, and, and I don't want to say it like this, make it sound this way, because I know a lot of guys over at McKenzie have some friends over that way, and... and they win state championships. Hey, that's great. I, I really, I really, you know, I, it doesn't bother me that they win state championships. It does some people, just being honest. But would they? And it, it last year in football, it's possible they probably very well could have. But in most cases, would, how many championships would they have under the old format, where they were playing? in football every night where they were playing people like Trenton, uh, people like Hayden. Of course, this year, you know, they whooped us pretty good, just honest assessment. But would they have beaten us that bad later in the season? We got better. But, you know, so did they. But in basketball, you know, I'm not so sure. Girls maybe, but I'm not so sure, and it's just being honest, that McKenzie's boys make it to a state tournament if they're playing two A schools. Because I'm going to tell you, uh, Angels boys wasn't very good this year, but they weren't that bad either. If they had been playing in single A, 
uh, it, it's possible they could have been they could have been in a sub-state game. That's just it's honest opinion. But the point I'm making is the TWSAA has everything so squirrely that they have everything watered down as it is. But the point I was trying to make, and it's a roundabout way maybe of getting there, have they destroyed the rivalry between Huntington and McKenzie? Not yet, because there's always going to be that passionate fan. There's always going to be that uh, that former player out there that, that wants to beat Huntington or wants to beat McKenzie worse than anything in their lives. But that's all they have. You know, hey, we beat, we won a district championship. You know, we beat Huntington. And now when I, I listen to uh, our kids talk at Huntington, you know, some of their favorite memories, and I heard this last night, they had senior night at the uh, softball game. Uh, it's hard to believe that that was the last home game of the season for the uh, Phillies at Phillies Field. But I heard one of the players, and, they, you know, they when they list off uh, their favorite memories from school or f- favorite memories from playing softball uh, for whatever school, uh, this one the w- one young lady said her favorite memory was beating Westview for the region title. Westview, it wasn't McKenzie. She didn't say my favorite memory was beating McKenzie for the district title. You see where I'm going? That that's what that's what it's become. That's why, in my opinion, the TWSAA is killing the rivalry between Huntington and McKenzie. And it's not their fault because they are placing schools within their classification according to their enrollment. But they're the ones that came up with the way things are structured as far as classifications. So it's not their fault, but it is their fault. It's kind of, well, no, I'm not going to get into politics. But uh, there's some things I could say that would be an example of what, what I'm talking about. But, yes, it's not their fault, but, yes, it is their fault. So, uh, you know, I don't know if maybe if I've rambled too much about that, but I really believe that the rivalry is not what it used to be because of the way the things are going now. But anyway, I'll try to move on to something else. That was a pretty good rant. And uh, nothing will ever be done about it because I'm pretty sure there's nobody from the TWSAA that listens to my podcast. And I'm pretty sure that uh, nobody cares what I think. But sometimes I come up with some pretty good stuff. And that may be what my column is going to be about next week. And the news leader is the TWSAA killing the rivalry between Hayden and McKenzie. My point is, yes, I believe they are. Well, moving on. And they are still playing softball and baseball. Uh, Boys continue to try to figure out themselves. Sometimes I see a glimpse of good things, but then I see some glimpses of some bad things. Right now, Alan Eubanks who I've always considered uh, the best coach in the state of Tennessee as far as baseball is concerned because he's trying to teach kids a game, but he's also trying to teach them something 
about themselves, uh, character-wise, and, and how to overcome things, and, uh, you know, playing sports. And I've always said this, it's not, it's not about winning. Winning's what you're out there for. But it's life lessons that you learn from playing a competitive game. And I think Alan Eubanks does that balance of teaching the game and teaching life uh, as good as anybody I've ever seen. And if they just listen to him, they'd be a whole lot better. He's got a young baseball team. Um, I asked him earlier a couple of weeks ago when they were struggling in the midst of that um, you know, possibly eight-game losing streak. Uh, what are you going to do, Alan? What's the problem here? I just got no pitching. That was his comment. He said, we're struggling with pitching. Well, have you thought about going with uh, your younger guys? He said, well, that's exactly what we're talking about doing. And that's what he's done ever since I had that conversation with him. He's starting every game that he – that it's been five games now since we, we discussed that. Uh, and every single game you know, out of those five, he has started – a freshman, I believe. And, and I know that district uh, games, for example, played two district games last week. He started on Monday. He started Caleb Ezell on Tuesday. He started Sawyer Ranks. Then they had a game last Thursday when I was going to Texas. And he started Owen Kreisiger. And they've pitched well. Now, Caleb pitched last night in the first round against uh, Union City, which was a district game. They'll play Union City tonight at home. Uh, and I'm not sure who will pitch tonight. I'll find out here in a little while because I'm not sure if Allen's going to go with Sawyer again tonight because uh, he, he pitched pretty good against Westview in the first couple of innings. Uh, then, and Allen told me this when we were having a conversation that uh, Sawyer's good first time through the order, uh, but he's a freshman. And, you know, his velocity is not up there enough that he can blow the ball by people. And uh, they got to him in that uh, third or fourth inning of the last game against Westview. And then Gray Eubanks came in. He didn't won that game on a walk-off. Uh, last night, they were up three to nothing uh, going into the third. Caleb was pitching real well. Uh, and he pitched real well over at Westview. Uh, got beat by a score of one to nothing. But the uh, kid from uh, Westview struck out 15. And only run came in the first inning. And Caleb went to distance. He gave up, I think, five hits in that game. Uh, last night, went through the first two innings, mowed them all down, and then gave up a five spot in the third. And Westview, I mean, excuse me, Union City went on to win that game 6-3. to three. So then uh, – he brought in a couple of different pitchers in that game and ended up losing six to three. But it all, you know, all fell apart in that one inning where Union City scored five. So I'm not sure what Allen's going to do tonight. But I mean, Owen Kreisiger, uh, he's won both games that he started. He pitched that game against McKenzie on a Saturday afternoon and did not walk a single batter. That, to me, that was amazing uh, in six innings of work. Did not walk a single hitter. Uh, that's pretty good. So, uh, you know, they, they, they had won four out of five. Uh, so now they're, they're, they're at 
five and eleven for the season, or five and twelve, I think now. And hopefully, and pick up a district win tonight. Still have Gibson County left next week, I think, uh, in that Monday night, Tuesday night matchup on uh, uh, to get the district games out of the way. We're approaching district tournament time. We're getting close. Of course, that format. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a little different. Uh, the girls are still playing real well, as long as Natalie Kreisiger is pitching. Last night, I, you know, they they rested her against Stewart, Stewart County, and part of the reasons the coaches told me they were doing that is because uh, Stewart County is a possible opponent in the region tournament when that rolls around if you're lucky enough to get that far. And I, I'm pretty sure the Phillies will uh, because it's going to come down to them in Westview for the uh, district title, and they won a game over Westview last week, uh, last Tuesday night after we'd done our podcast, and they won that in a walk-off in nine innings. And they'll still have Westview left at Westview a little bit later on, and they could host the district tournament if they win that second matchup. So, with all that being said, uh, the Phillies last night played Stewart County. They decided, the coaches did, not to pitch Natalie is uh, because future opponent may be in a region tournament. So they didn't do that. But now, and I was told that they might bring her in when it was a close game. Well, it was a close game toward the end, and they didn't bring her in. Ended up getting beat 9-6. to six. And only four of those nine runs were earned. Phillies made some uncharacteristic like errors last night. Ball hit right back to the pitcher. Pitcher gets confused with the runner on first and second when she had a runner dead at third. Started throw it first, changed her mind. Wait a minute, I got a runner at third. By the time she changed her mind through third, bases loaded. And get nobody out. Uh, another time, ground ball hit second. Had a good shot at a double play, possibly. Second baseman threw the ball wild. Didn't square his shoulders. Uh, just gave him a run. In the second inning, there was two outs. Ground ball hit third. Uh, nobody on. Ball was booted. Then they scored two runs. Make that play. Inning's over. And it's 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 Phillies would, would score two runs in the bottom of that inning. They would have been up 4-2. But, you know, you can't make those kind of errors. A uh, uh, couple of misplays in the outfield. Where the runner, where the fielder tried to come up throwing before they caught the ball, ball gets bombed, extra bases, that kind of stuff, just uncharacteristic, uh, like mistakes. And I had nine hits in the game. I tried two different pitchers, and uh, Stewart County had ended up with twelve hits in the game, or fifteen maybe, and Phillies lost nine to six. Well, yeah, I. I I understand what they're doing, and I'm not being critical of the coaches. I just know if if it had been me, and it's just my opinion, I still play to win every game. I don't care, you know. It's, yeah, Natalie probably needed to rest. So from that aspect, I'm okay with it. But you know, win a game. You know, you, if you win the game, then maybe when Stewart County play, they're going to be intimidated. I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of thoughts you could put into that. And I'm not saying they made the wrong decision. I'm just saying they lost nine to six when maybe they didn't have to. That's just just my opinion. But and you know, I 
you listen to the uh, uh, disclaimer on the start of the, each podcast, I say this is my opinions and my observations. And those were my opinion of that game last night and my observation. But I'm not coaching. That's one thing I do not do. Uh, I don't second-guess the coach. I may state what I would have done if I had been coaching, but I never, I'm never critical of them because, you know, I've heard this comment a thousand times. And um, I had this conversation with John Taylor, as a matter of fact, over in the Diamond Club Classic because, you know, John's an old hunting boy, and he's, I, I, I like John a lot because he's always real nice to me when I see him. Uh, and, you know, I, I just had his lineup, and he says, um, I said, is there any names on here that I'm going to have trouble pronouncing? I always do that with, with each uh, team. And he says, no, he said, but there, you, you, there's going to be some people mad when you announce this lineup. What? He said, yeah, the ones that are not bland. You know, but th- these coaches, folks, see these kids every day in practice. You know, they know what they're capable of. And, and most coaches, John Taylor's one, uh, Allen Eubanks is another, that they're going to put what they think is the best nine on the field. Maybe it's not the best nine, but it's the best nine they think based on what they have seen. So we need to always remember that. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up today as uh, we're nearing my end of my 30 minutes, but we're doing it on my phone so I could go longer if I wanted to. But I just thought I'd do something different so I can get caught up on everything that I'm doing. But that's going to do it for me today, and I promise I'll come back next week. And we're going to talk about some Hall of Fame maybe stuff next week. But when we come back next week, we're going to come back, and we promise that we'll do it better.